flying the Confederate flag in Brazil today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. Here in the U.S., a Confederate flag is a hot topic right now. Many say it should not fly. But there's a town in Brazil that embraces it. You see people that are dark-skinned waving the Confederate flag. They are aware of, what, of what's going on in the United States. They're aware of the controversy surrounding the flag. But it's a different history than the history that they lived. Also celebrating Ramadan during a Texas summer. To go through the heat without drinking, without eating, for 16 hours. However, a special joy develops. Plus, what are these sentences for? Cats and dogs each hate the other. Or the birch canoe slid on the smooth planks. A mystery, but the answer's ahead here on The World. Support for PRI's The World comes from Lumosity, offering a 10-minute fit test to challenge memory, attention, and problem-solving. With brain games to calculate baseline scores and build a personalized brain training program, performance can be compared to global averages. Learn more at Lumosity.com. And by TIAA CREF, a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. This week starts pretty much where the last one left off, national soul-searching about racism and what many call a symbol of racism, the Confederate flag. More about that in a moment. But let's start by looking at racism itself. It's not unique to America, not by a long shot. I spoke about this today with Mark Pitkavage. He directs the Anti-Defamation League's Center on Extremism. He says some white supremacist groups here look abroad for inspiration. It is true for certain segments of the white supremacist movement. You certainly see that among white supremacists who like to put themselves forward as intellectuals. You see people like that trying to make common cause with their counterparts in various European countries, sometimes attending conferences and places like Hungary or having representatives of those organizations come to the United States. So you mentioned countries in Europe. Where else are we seeing this happening? Well, it's primarily a transatlantic dialogue, although, you know, I should say that everywhere you have white supremacists, um, North America, South America, South Africa, Europe, the Anzac countries. What are the Anzac countries? Australia and New Zealand. Gotcha. Okay. You certainly have, at least through the Internet, a certain amount of cross-pollinization of ideas. And you also have, far down from the spectrum of the so-called intellectual white supremacists, a certain cross-pollinization among more hardcore white supremacists sort of more on a subcultural level. So, for example, racist skinheads from across the world share each other's white power music. For example, the racist skinhead group Hammerskins in the United States, there are Hammerskin chapters in Portugal and Russia and other places in Europe. They're not really hierarchical, but, you know, you have this sort of cross-pollinization. Right. So white power music or white noise uh, is what it seems, usually heavy metal, loud and pro-white lyrics. Uh, Aside from the music, how are these groups actually communicating and, and networking? You know, occasionally you can have physical visits from one side of the Atlantic to the other. You know, that's expensive to do, though. And so the majority of the interaction between white supremacists in the United States and white supremacists abroad occur via the Internet either through websites like Stormfront, which is the largest white supremacist website in the world, to social networking websites like Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Hmm. Do you have any sense how much uh, Dylan Roof was influenced by any of this sharing, any of this communication? 
he made a vague reference in his manifesto to being aware of things going on in Europe. I don't know that he was influenced by anything from Europe so much as he was influenced by extremism right here in the United States. What laws prohibit white supremacist groups from organizing on the Internet? Well, in, in the United States, there are, there are no laws like that at all. You know, we have very, very strong protection of freedom of speech in the United States. So equally, are you saying that there are no laws in the United States that uh, prohibit ISIS sympathizers from communicating and organizing? Well, with regard to ISIS, it's a different thing because ISIS is a designated international terrorist group. I was speaking more in terms of purely domestic groups. Well, why are white supremacist groups not classified as a group of some sort? Well, the difference is that, you know, ISIS is a group formed for the purpose of committing violence. And the vast majority of extremist groups in the United States do not form for that purpose. And, and, and only very rarely do groups like that emerge in the United States, and they don't last very long.